Hello, universe. Hello. Hello. Boy, if there were a gold medal for fucking up a dab, the last 17 seconds of my life would certainly be a candidate. But you can only fuck up a dab so much. And having overcome that hurdle, I now imbibe on dab number, what, 42 today? Probably. I guess I wanted to, before going into work, which I am doing, it is now current, it is 10 what time is it, 10.09, and it is the 17th of August, 10.09 p.m., and I spent two hours at the monkey barrel tonight, and decided not to go up. Decided actually to come home and go to work. <clears throat> so I thought, given that that is a decision I would never bet on me making, well, let's find out why. Being home is obviously shitty with the loss of Phoebe. I had forgotten how much of a shadow she had been to me for her whole life. Rarely did she ever even allow me to leave a room without following right behind me. And only really at the end when she couldn't move. That dog never lost touch with me. And when you think about the commitment that they're making to your presence and how much the side of that street that they're on is always wanting more of you. Well, I don't know if I'll ever have a better dog than Phoebe. She was... I, I, I never saw her once have a cross moment. She never snapped. She never bit. She never even growled. Not once. Not even at the cat. She barked at passers-by and would occasionally have a distaste for someone while we were walking and just standoffishly bark at them. But other than perimeter warning barks or don't trust this person barks, that's as negative as she ever got. Even when Turk even when Millhouse was in the area hoarding food and stealing all the poison, allegedly, well, she always just let it go. At the dog park, you know how they say there's an alpha dog? Kitty, whatever you were going to do in that bag, let's not have you do it. Um, and there is, as soon as you get three or more dogs together, uh, one of them has to take charge for the social order to make sense to them. So, in that capacity, more than three dogs gathered together, it's pretty easy to spot the alpha dog. It's also easy to spot the beta dog, because he will be the one who will protect the alpha dog's interests 
in a group large enough. It's it's mesmerizing to watch how it always works out this way, too. But rarely, and I do mean rarely, if ever, have I known a Zeta dog that literally submits to every other dog in the dog park unquestionably. And that's what Phoebe was. Which was, honestly, reason enough not to go to the dog park. Because every dog, in some way, shape, or form, knew that she was going to submit. I, I don't know how to put it, but she got picked on at the dog park. Like, that was why we were there. And it was, it, it, it was something in Phoebe. Because I've never seen another dog get that kind of reaction at the dog park. Where almost every dog comes at them. Even the fucking basset hounds. And when Milhouse was around, Milhouse was a badass, I gotta say. A little fighter. But he was, uh, he would he would protect Phoebe in the dog park. He would come and just manhandle anybody troubling her. Well, he would paw handle them. And it was just, and it, it never took more than five seconds of Millhouse's stare for another dog to back down. He was, he was never going to let Phoebe uh, suffer uh, the indignity of the dog park routines. If he saw it going on, he stopped it. And yet, never did Phoebe react poorly. She just wasn't going to make a, she didn't care enough to draw a line with anything other than I'm happy, I'm go lucky, and I mean it. I will never be anything else. As she was being wheeled back into the final room, they let me go with her. And, uh, I mean, they could see that the bond between us was so simple. Hell, Phoebe made friends with both the vets that eventually took her life. She just didn't know how to be anything else. But friendly, outgoing, and kind. So I think maybe that day way back in 2011 when we crossed paths for the first time it was so obvious to me which puppy I needed to pick. And there was a litter of 11 of them. She was the 11th dog out of 11 to come out of the mama pup. And I think in some ways always felt abandonment issues therein. I think there's more of that is the reason she would never let me leave a room without following behind. She did not want to be left alone. And the, the idea that she would have gone on that seven-bend-turning sterile hallway walk without me to get to the final destination, well, I'll just say that obviously it wasn't easy for, uh, for any part of it. But there was a dignity in the way they treated us that mattered. 
And uh, I just, I knew Phoebe knew that today was a day that everything was changing. I could tell by the way she was taking in the environment. But never did she give me anything but her puppy face. The vet tech even called it her puppy face. She's like, look at her. She brought her puppy face. I said she never lost it. And even as I turned around to give her a final goodbye, she just poked her head up in that sort of, huh, kind of way. As if to say, don't worry about me. And I know all dogs are truly wonderful. But I think much of what I'm up to now was inspired by Phoebe and her genuine, constant, kind, and upbeat temperament. Phoebe had all the reason in the world to get mad at the cat. Never once. She had every reason in the world to tell Milhouse to fuck off. Never did it once. She just found an easier way to relate to the world than to let shit get to her. But as much as I might aspire for those kinds of inner tranquilities, I'm sure I'll step off 15 planks and shark-infested waters as I go into work for one shift. I'm never going to lose the sense of <laughs> the sense of making everyone's day better that Phoebe always had. Nobody ever met Phoebe and didn't like her. And nobody did Phoebe ever meet that she didn't like. Well, except for a couple people. But I assume those people were serial killers. So, I'm going to miss my dog. But more than anything, I'm going to miss her. Just constant, good friendship. Always loving face. Knowing that my day was always better when she was around. And I hope vice versa. I don't have to go to work tonight. But I feel like if I go in, I'll think about her less. So, obviously that means I am not nearly high enough. And I'm too emotional and I'll quit talking with my dad too in my mouth. But can I get this new flame to light? Probably not. Hear that gas? When it comes on, it's going to come on full fury and that's on low. Because at altitude, there's less pressure. So all this gas escaping at sea level would actually be the correct density. But up here, it comes out in a torrent of flame. Hello, torrent of flame. Calm down. There you go. Oh, dabbing is dangerous, especially at altitude. Pause. Okay, dabbing is not dangerous. Playing with fire could be considered dangerous, especially for people who can't handle their... Uh, 
procedural common sense. Dabbing is not dangerous. In fact, I don't know that marijuana is bad for you at all. It might actually be good for you on every level. It is for me. I wouldn't speak for you. I mean, unless you asked me to. And then, why would you ask me to speak for you? What would that be about? So, no. No. Go figure it out for yourself. Give me your opinion. We can have a conversation. I'll agree to that. But speaking for you, no. Pause. Unpause. Or don't. For God's sake, I'm not telling you you have to go decide whether or not dabbing is dangerous when using a butane torch bought at Home Depot. Wait, butane? Isn't this propane? Yeah. What am I talking about butane? Would I buy a Bic? Pause. Unpause. Obviously, I have nothing against Bic lighters since I go through them with regularity, but again, dabbing requires additional commitments from the heat department. And that's why Bic's out there flipping that sign around, trying to get people to come in here and buy sandwiches. Pause. Unpause. Okay, I agree I might be high enough for work. Just based on the last conversational nugget. But I also might not be. And since I can never be too high for work, well, persist in my dabbing safety techniques and common sense parameters? What did I call that? I don't even know. Procedural common sense? Well, hello, procedure. Meet common sense on my dab tool. Smoke rings? Well, I got three, <coughs> and one was good. <coughs> the other two, they only made a foot. Okay. <coughs> Shall I <coughs> do more visual tricks? <coughs> Here on an audio podcast? Hmm. What do you think, Kitty? Should we draw pictures? Or drink? What is this? Wild cherry? Something or other. Alright. The Phoebe loss is um, is both easy and hard for the extended duration that it lasted. Knowing when I reached down and felt that tumor when she was seven, that things were bad, that this couldn't end well. Well, it took another five years to, well, four and a half. took four and a half years to finally take it to the level that today had to happen. So in many ways, when I think of the six months to a year diagnosis without some sort of surgical intervention that dogs usually in her condition endure. Well, four and a half years is a fucking hell of a gift from the universe. So I can't be anything but thankful for that. And throughout much of those four and a half years, Phoebe's limitations were minimal. In fact, other than occasionally uh, finding her favoring a certain area by licking it and licking it, that kind of thing, uh, it seemed as if the tumors caused her very little discomfort until they got big enough that they started to interfere with her lungs and all the 
primary organs in her chest. So that was about <clears throat> a month or two ago. And I said to myself, given that she had this extended sort of death sentence hanging over her head, that it would take a second instance of she's telling me it needs to be today before I would really listen because I knew that the first one I could just confabulate or, well, let's just say that the first one came along three different times before the second one really hit last week. And the second one hit the day after the first. And when it comes to how much am I willing to give up in my life to make sure that my dog is okay with whatever conditions are worsening for her, there's nothing I wouldn't give up. And that's pretty much where we've been for four years. But in the end, when her life has become so limited that all she can do is have me drag her out <clears throat> into the yard, stand her up, move the blanket that she's on enough so that maybe she won't fall into her own pee. Uh, yeah, about a week of that. Not even a week. But that's no life for any dog. And as a pet owner, fuck man, if I thought there was reward in what she was getting from that, I would still be <sighs> combing her hindquarters clean. But no. She even would refuse water today because I know she didn't want to pee again unexpectedly on herself. So it was at least in terms of the declination of Phoebe, it was clear on all levels when things were transitioning to a new phase. And when the end actually occurred here, it was rather quick. So I can't really ask for an easier farewell to my best friend because I got to appreciate her really appreciate her a lot because I never knew when our last day was going to be. And <clears throat> again, yes, that makes me feel bad that only when imminent separation of the final nature is in play do we really appreciate those around us. I try not to be that person. I really do. I try to appreciate everybody in real time with the connections I'm gaining value through. I've done that with the new people I've met in the comedy group. I never am insincere with anyone. But, shit, man, that's like baseline, right? Sincerity? Are you kidding me? That's where we're at? Kindness, understanding, forgiving, listening. These are the things that I know I'm good at without trying. These are the things that I have unlimited amounts of reserve tanks from which to draw. And much like Phoebe, if you never run out of things like understanding and kindness, 
Well, then maybe that's your whole point of being here. Here, we'll give you unlimited kindness, unlimited understanding, and unlimited forgiveness. Now go down there and be a scientist who makes up and fudges data. Yeah! Sounds perfect. Pause. Not that I ever was a scientist who made up data and did that kind of malarkey. Not that I wouldn't have been a scientist who would have done that shit. I'm saying a lot of times what's fallen out of my mouth is just jibber-jabber. I'm not declaratively stating life events of my past, nor am I claiming that scientists in general make up data and fudge their reports. Although maybe I am saying that. Uh, generally, I think... Uh, especially with the disappointing outcome of so many of the scientific foundational uh, uh, studies having been falsified. The whole nutrition pyramid, <laughs> for instance. Uh, yeah. Okay. Not, not that science, not that the scientific method is problematic. I think that is as close to... Um, observational, uh, dialectic, uh, inquiry perfection as we've come. But, we're still humans. So anything humans use has bias. And, I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay, I mean, that's part of the human experience, right? You come here because you get, you get these tilts. You get the, you get the poles. You get all kinds of different shapes of composition, even in yourself. What your day presents turns you into a slightly different version of yourself later. I just, there's no reason to shy away from the human syndrome that is bias. That's part of what makes humans magical. But to pretend that our very participation in this zaniness isn't the point, isn't the very reason for the entire... Uh, manifestation of humanity itself, well, inside of that, there's not much to really know. You just are. You just have to be. You just have to experience. You just have to stop wondering and do. And when Phoebe lost her ability to do anything, what kind of life do you really have at that point? I've always, at phases in my life, wished I could just be a brain in a jar. If that meant I could see a thousand years of fucking humanity, I'd do it. But now, no fucking way, man. Not even if I could see the rest of humanity. A, I'm not that interested. B, I'm going to see a bunch of that shit anyway. And C, see what? If you're not able to actually engage, then what are you observing? What, are you, what level of interest can you even hold? Eventually, all you can do is watch or hear or take in, but you have no action. You have no... You have no autonomy. And... I think in many ways, what is suppressing the true grandeur of humanity has nothing to do with bias or 
teaming up or I think that's wrong, but you think that's right? Well, fuck, we're at an impasse. None of this shit. That's what makes us great. The differences. What makes us fucking awful is this assimilation. This, I'm whatever I'm told to be rather than me. This is problematic. <sighs> and looking down at your phone all the time is bad for your back. Fuck, man. Ugh. I mean, hmm. For somebody who's played too much golf, been in two car accidents where I was rear-ended, and now spends way too much time looking at my phone, and has a tendency to slouch, I think 2024 and more, frankly, the rest of my life, have to be the year of the posture, the year of the sitting up straight, the year of the... Mm. Now that would be good for me. But so would a lot of other things. So would a lot of other things. I miss my dog. I'm going to go to work. This is too silent. Too... There's not enough boisterous, bouncy castle attitude in my house now that she's gone. So, I'm not asking for you to take charge there, Kitty, either. But we won't be without a dog for long, I know that. Dogs make life better. We always have.